0: you are listening to the Paradox Church podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, come as you are, no perfect people allowed. We meet at 28241 Mound Road in Warren, Michigan. If you would like more information about our service times, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you enjoy this recording.
1: Paradox Church. Hey, my name is Craig. If we haven't met yet, um, I was part of the team that was around at Paradox all the way back in the early days when we started this place. And uh, you might be wondering, why are you uh, in your car? And uh, why are you so impersonal as to have glasses on? Uh, the glasses are because Liz Holland used to always tell me I couldn't wear glasses in a video. But you can't tell me nothing anymore, Liz. And I'm in a car because I was driving. And hold on. Where's the button? Uh, how do I flip it around? I'm just to have to do this. This is where I am right now. And I just want to, I, felt, I thought, hey, I'm driving right by the building. I should stop and just say, hey, what an incredible Sunday. This is the day it all happened where our two churches came together and became one. I would have loved to have been here today to celebrate this with you, but my wife and I had a trip already planned to be out of town for the weekend. So we are not there personally, but man, we are there with our hearts and we are there with our passion. We're so excited for you guys. I have been nothing shy of just blown away and impressed with what I have seen God doing through you as a community this last couple of months, especially in all the crazy that our world has gone through. Dave and the leadership team here has just done An unbelievable job listening to the voice of God, serving you, serving the community around. And I just want you to know, my wife and I, Nicole, we are constantly praying for you guys. We love you. You will always be so precious to us and have such a special place in our heart. And I just want to give you one idea uh, that really Nicole has given me as I get out of here this morning and let you get back to your celebration. And it is this, going forward, and especially with all the craziness that our world is going through and has yet to go through there's one thing that will win the day and that is the humility of Jesus Christ Uh, my wife keeps reminding me that it is our Lord who got down on his knees and washed our feet and that we are called to do the same and my hope and my prayer for you here in Warren is that you will continue to be a church that more than ever before God will use to be the foot washers of this community and in doing so you will see men and women and children in droves transformed by the power and the love of Jesus through your humility. Love you all. Have a great Sunday celebrating. Bye-bye. Well, happy
2: anniversary, Paradox Church. That's right. It's been a year since Paradox and Antioch Shoreline came together, and what a year it has been. I don't know about you, but it's just been an awesome ride. I've really enjoyed this evening as we're as we're recording this message, just worshiping here with the band. It was a great set, just worshiping and just singing our hearts out. There wasn't a huge number of us here in the room tonight, but man, we sang our we sang our lungs out. It was awesome. Speaking of worship, we're going to go ahead and do something an, another means of worship right now, and that's take our morning offering. So for all those of you watching online, the easiest way, uh, I guess you could send money through the snail mail, but an easier way is to go online at paradoxchurch.com slash give, and there's lots of different options for giving online. And I just want to say, we really appreciate your support, especially during this time through your generosity. Not only have we been able to maintain all of our bills and get them paid, but we've also been able to help people who really need help through this time, and that's just something else. So uh, if you're new to us today, welcome. Maybe you're checking out the stream for the first time. We're so glad to have you along. Don't worry about the offering piece. That's for people who call Paradox their church. But for you who may just be joining us, I would invite you to pull out your phone and give us a text. There's a a number appearing on your screen right now. If you would just text the word hello to that number, H-E-L-L-O. Don't stop at the double L because that'll get you something different. But Type, type in H-E-L-L-O, hello, and we will put you on our text list. All that means we're not going to spam you and send you a bunch of stuff. But anything new or important information that comes along with Paradox Church, you'll get a, a quick text so that you'll know what that is. If Paradox is your church and you know that there's lots of different ways to get connected here, from serving teams, I want to talk for a second just quick about small groups. Never has there been a more important time to be in a smaller community of people than right now. And for those who have been in a small group through this pandemic, who have had this bubble of people who they've been able to do life with through this, it's been a really refreshing blessing for them. Maybe it's time for you to consider a small group. We would love to hear from you and love to know that. If you're interested in that or anything else, you can always let us know that by using the Connect card. So again, back to our website, paradoxchurch.com connect. There's a simple form that has all sorts of options for you to fill out and ways to get connected. I want to talk to parents just for a second. Again, looking at this time of this pandemic when 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 you are the looking you've been looked at as the main source of education for your kids. It's always been God's vision that you are the main source of discipleship, leading your kids close to Jesus, leading your kids to know the Lord. And never has that been more important. We at Paradox Church understand that, and we want to help you. We're ready to help you. We want to tell you about something called the Parent Q. The information is appearing in the, in, the, in the comments on the screen right now on how you can go ahead and get to the Parent Q. It sends you weekly updates and things on the lessons and gives you ways that you can just pray with your kids and talk to them about the Lord. Lastly, as we head into the rest of this morning's service, I want to invite you to look at a different app. I know, lots of apps, lots of computer stuff. That's the age we're in. There's an app called YouVersion. YouVersion is great. Not only does it have the Bible on right on your phone in all sorts of different versions that you can reference, but there's, there's study guides, there's prayer guides, and you can follow along with this service by going in the lower right. There's a button that that you can push that will say that says events find paradox church on that list and you can see all the bible references you can also see all of the events and things coming up with us as a church so we've got lots of cool stuff going on i want to now switch gears for a second last week we introduced a new segment called be our guest and what that meant is we're inviting you to come join one of our serving teams here at paradox that are focused on the guest And at the same time, as you're coming and joining that team, you're being our guest to come and join the team. As as Mary said so well last week, it's more than just about a serving. I'm going to invite up Liz and Madeline. Come on up, you guys. Um, When you join a serving team for Sunday morning, it's more than just about what you're able to do. Oftentimes, community happens in a powerful and awesome way through the serving teams. So so Liz and Madeline are going to come up and talk to us a little bit about our creative arts team and um, the corresponding, they go hand-in-hand, production. So I'll just let you guys take it away.
0: Thank you. So if you guys have had a chance to watch our live stream over the last couple months, um, part of our creative process or our creative team is a team of people that come up with unique and really cool ways to help people understand the message for that week. Um, Any content that our pastoral team comes up with, um, they're just always thinking and always dreaming and always planning of ways that they can communicate that to you guys in a fun and creative way. We like to say that A lot of people come in with their arms crossed. can't do it because I'm holding my mic. I got you. I Uh, got you. Thank you. Thank you. And our job as a creative team is to try to get them to uncross their arms. So people come in or they watch our stream and they might think, well, what do we, uh, this might be a traditional church, but I'll give it a try. And they have this maybe mindset that that's not for me, but we try to get them to do that and to to hear the gospel in a unique and cool way. Um, Now, I'm... Talking about that, it's really fun and it's awesome, but it takes a lot of people to pull something like that off. And we have a band, an awesome band, that's part of the um, creative and production team. We have a tech team, which I'm gonna shoot it over to Madeline for a minute so she can talk a minute about the tech team and some of their needs.
3: So I am a member of the tech team and I work in the booth in the back of the auditorium. In that booth, we cover our lights, so we make it pretty and we change the scene and set the, set the mood of the room. We've got the sound where we make everything sound amazing. And I really bring, bring in that Holy Spirit. It's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing the work that we're able to do with the sound team. And then my team is the computer team. Now, Liz and Drew might think they're the worship leaders, but I'll let you in on a little secret. That's actually me because Without the lyrics on the screen, nobody can participate in what we're doing. So if you are interested in being a very large part of our worship experience, both through the music and through the service itself, by helping people read the Bible verses as we're listening to them, then the computer team is a great team for you to be on. It's really fun to be able to be such an integral part to what happens here on a Sunday morning or a Thursday night. Yeah.
0: I'm going to brag on Madeline for a minute, too. Madeline has been running that computer team for a long time, and, and for a long time, pretty solely. She's had a, a handful of volunteers that rotate in once in a while, but she is mainly our main computer person, and she really would like a break. So we could really use two people. If you are at all computer savvy or you can learn, because she's an amazing teacher as well, We'd love it if you guys signed up for that media team and gave a chance to, you know, do those slides. Because whatever she puts up there is what we say, and so she's right. She's a main part of our worship.
2: That's that's a lot of power to be able to put anything up on the screen. Anything. Anything.
0: Anything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so so a couple people for the computer team. We, we could always use more on the other teams. Liz, real quick for you from the band perspective, is there any any spots, any instruments that are of particular interest to fill or, or to, to get some backups and get some fresh yeah, blood?
0: Yeah, all of them. The band, that was the band in the back.
2: <laughs> the band's yelling all of them. If you, Liz, I'm looking at you. Leave.
0: Yeah, we would really, I mean, really right now we can use electric guitar. We can use bass. We would. I mean, if we could get... One electric guitarist, one bass player, and one keyboard player. That would, that would immensely lighten the load of our band. And they have, we have fun with each other. We, we get to do some awesome music and create stuff together. And so you would have fun, too, if you joined that team.
2: Awesome. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for all your leadership. And hopefully there will be some people who can come alongside you guys and join you. So let's give them a hand. Thank you very much. Um, although you did get a pretty awesome uh, acoustic guitarist last week. I saw he was upstairs. He did a good job. Segway, I'd like to welcome to the stage our lead pastor and my friend, Dave Kubiak. Let's hear it for him. Now, I, Dave, I don't want to disappear just yet because I just want to talk to you for a second. Okay. He's, like, he's, he's got the look on his face like, what's happening? Um, dude, I just want to acknowledge, man, this year with you has been awesome. Like, Awesome. Like, I, it, it seems like yesterday, but it also seems like 10 years ago that you and I were down the road at, at Buffalo Wild Wings. That kind of that, I mean, we had met before, but that was the first time we, like, sat down, ate wings, and just, just dreamed together. And, and, and what just came through loud and clear was your heart for Jesus and your heart that people would know him. And I've got to see that time and time again. And it's just been an honor, man, to work with you and to just to love the Lord and worship with you. It's been great, and uh, I just want to thank you for your leadership. This year has been uh, exciting, not always <laughs> easy, not always easy, yeah. but but you've led you've led with a lot of grace, and you've led with a lot of strength, and you've led with your heart, and that's what I love most about you. So I'm I'm gonna break the bubble, man. I love you.
4: Likewise, man. Thank you. All right, thanks thank
2: for all you do, Dave all Kubiak. Right.
4: All right. Well, thanks, y'all. Happy anniversary. It has. It's been, a, it's been a crazy year, a great year, um, but a really hard year. Um, and one of the absolute joys has been the fact that I've gotten to be in this last year with all of you in some way, shape, or form. Uh, your faith, your love, your support, uh, the way that we're in this thing together has been really at times the only thing that's, that's gotten us through. And um, Really, really thankful for everything that God has been doing in it. You know, we've been in this series, it's called The New Normal, and what the the whole thing is about is, I mean, no matter what is going on, sometimes all we want to do is we want to go back to normal, back to the way that things were, get back to good. But God, many times, has blessing in those. That's, That's how we started out this entire series, is that there is blessing in it. Why? Because we end up getting more of God. We draw closer to him. We see something in, about his heart and about what he wants for us and about the way that our life in this world really should be when we're in his presence. And especially as I look over these last few months, let me tell you, nothing has turned out the way that we thought it would or the way that we wanted it to necessarily, right? I mean, geez, you could say, man, a, a year ago, so many of us were in this spot. If you were here with us uh, just, just a year ago on this stage as founding pastor Craig McLassen, uh walked off of this into his new chapter and our church faced an uncertain, unsure future. Not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing where, where we were going to go, what we were going to do, and really, is God going to be faithful in it? We don't know those answers so many times and that's uncomfortable. It's unsettling. It's uncertain. And it fills us with fear and doubt. It didn't look like what we wanted it to to look like. It didn't look like what we planned for it to look like. And then certainly throughout this year, the last few months happened, COVID-19. And that disrupts our plans again. So many of us had had vacations that were planned and then had to be postponed or canceled. Maybe we had proms, graduations, certain milestones that we were looking forward to, that did not end up panning out the way that they were supposed to, or the way that we had wanted to. Savings accounts, stock markets, seeing our friends, relationships. So many things have been out of control. Even death. People have been sick. We've lost people. We're not in relationship with them anymore. Just yesterday now, our family faced again just the powerlessness and uncertainty of sickness and death in losing my, my wife's father, Jeff, to cancer. He had been battling for, for two years now. And we had seen God be faithful. We had seen miracles happen. Times when things were really, really good and it looked like the cancer was gone. And then just, just last week, They looked around and and he ended up going on hospice and initially you're starting to wrap your mind around a few months which then really quickly turned into a few weeks and then went to a few days and then we got a call saying you really should come because it's probably a few hours. Things just don't turn out the way that we wanted to, the way that we planned, the way that we hoped. And if there's one thing that I hate more than anything, it's that feeling of being powerless, of being out of control, of not knowing how things are, are going to go, and not having anything that it feels like we can do about it. And all we, do, we can do is sit there and watch, hope, trust, some might say, or have faith, praying to God that he, he would be doing something, and you know what? He is it's unbelievable sometimes to me to see the ways that even in the worst of times, just how faithful, just how good, just how trustworthy God can be, and just how thankful I am for those times. Do I wish that things would have turned out differently? Do I wish that this year would have been easier? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm thankful for every single moment. And I'm thankful for a God who is good. God's character is like the, the, the top button on our shirt. My wife just reminded me of this over the, over the last 24 hours. Where When you start with that, it's like everything else falls into place. We have a good God, a faithful God who is in control. Even when we don't feel like he's in control, Even when we have that sinking, powerless feeling and we don't know what's going on with our world and our families and in our relationships and we don't know what's going to happen, we have a good, faithful, sovereign, which means powerful and in control, God, who loves us, who sees us, and is with us through it all. He's working all things for good. One thing that I've realized is that as much as I I want to be in control and hate the feeling of powerlessness and being out of control, when I grab at control, it seems like things don't go as well as when I turn to God in it and depend on Him. This year has brought out that one word more than anything to me. Dependence. And in the new normal, as much as in in my preferred world, in, in in the old way, I want to be in control. I want my life to go as planned. I want my day to follow the schedule. I want my goals to work out just how how they're supposed to. I want everything to go the way that feels good, feels comfortable, so that I can feel like I'm in control of my life. But God has this way of allowing these things into our lives where we have to. We have to depend on him. Not only is that exactly where he wants us, it's so much better that way. Today, I want to talk about a way that Jesus taught us to pray. It's called the Lord's Prayer. You've probably heard it a million times. Maybe you've even said it. You remember growing up, going to church or something. that was beaten into your head. These rote words that we just repeat. But more than teaching us what to pray, it's this prayer that Jesus teaches us how to pray. It's not words, it's a posture, a way of life where we say, God, every single day, I need you. I depend on you for everything, even though that's such an uncomfortable place to be. Prayer really is us doing everything that we can and then trusting God to do what only he can. And the more we pray, it seems like the more we live the more we feel like, you know what, there's a whole lot more on that list of things that we have to just say, God, I I trust you. I depend on you. Because ultimately, there is very little that I'm in control of. I thought maybe we could start today by praying that prayer together. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. And I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation, which is just a different translation, but sometimes it's just so good to, especially as we look at this new normal, to get shaken out of the old, out of the routine, out of what we've heard and are before and are familiar with and into something new. In verse 7, Jesus is talking, he says, When you pray, there's no need to repeat empty phrases, praying like those who don't know God, for they expect God to hear them because of their many words. There's no need to imitate them since your father already knows what you need before you ask him. Jesus is saying, listen, it's not about the words that you say. It's not about having them fancy or, or re- memorized or sounding good or saying a lot of them. No. It's about connecting your heart with God's independence on him. And he says, pray like this. Would you pray with me as we read this morning? our father, Dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm. Cause every purpose to be filled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face temptation, tribulation, and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Amen. I said before, these words that Jesus teaches us, they're not just words to pray. It's a posture, it's a way, it's how we pray. And more than that, it is a way to live. The Lord's Prayer is actually an invitation to live in dependence. And that spot of dependence, well, I already mentioned this, we, we hate it so much because it exposes something in us that makes us so uncomfortable. And that's need. We don't like to be in need. We never want to be the needy person. In fact, we go out of our way, even in our times of great need, we say, oh, I don't want to be too needy. I don't, I don't want to take. I just think of all the times, even throughout the past few months, where there have been resources available, whether that is in the form of a meal from your local school or on a Wednesday, down at the Salvation Army, as we have passed out meals to people, and we've just said, come, receive. We're here for you, we're, we're, no matter what it is. On a weekly basis, we, we call people forward and say, hey, if you want prayer for anything, and how many times do we just sit there and say, no, 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 I, I don't need, I'm, I want to let someone else that really needs take that. Because we're so we're uncomfortable with need. God has this way of allowing us to go into times, into places, in seasons where we actually feel it. We feel the need. It bubbles to the surface and it makes us uncomfortable and hopefully it drives us into God's presence to a place of living in dependence for every single one of those core needs that we have. I want to talk us through this Lord's Prayer and as we do, I think we're going to see four core needs that every single one of us has that is met fully and completely and abundantly only in God, our Father. The first one is our need for personal relationship. We have a need, a core need for personal relationship, for as much as, as, much as dudes hate this word, intimacy, intimacy community, to to know and be known. Matthew 6, verse 9, starts out this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father. This need of of relationship in us. I was just reading an article this past week, and I can't remember the country, but it it was about how there have been orphans It was a foreign country. Man, I wish I could remember where it was. I wish I wrote it down. But these orphans were abandoned in the orphanage and they were were completely cut off from all human contact. They were raised in quarantine. And what happened in that is that they weren't just lonely, They, they didn't just not really pick up on social cues. They didn't get over it because even as some of them were adopted and brought into loving, good families where there was security and provision and love and joy and relationship there, they actually had a very hard time receiving that. They stepped away at arm's length and even preferred to go back. Because this core need in a formative time wasn't met for intimacy and love and relationship. And so much of that starts with our parents, our father. And in in seeing this, in starting this way, when Jesus' friends, his disciples came and said, God, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us, how, how do you do this? That connection that you seem to have that just flows out of every part of your being. Like, where does that come from? We want to connect with God the way that you connect with God. We want to live the way that you live. And Jesus says, well, the first thing to do is is to know that only in God can you find the fulfillment of this need for personal relationship. And he invites us to enjoy that relationship. He invites us into a a loving, intimate, even though it's authoritative, relationship with God. A father. Many of us, especially if you grow up in the, in, in the church, you have this intellectual ascent, right? You know that you're supposed to call God father and that's just one of the things, you know, you, you flip through the pages of the Bible and that God seems to be called that. So you believe, okay, and you even sing, you know, he's a good, good father. And you know it, you believe it, but many of us have never experienced a relational, experiential, intimate relationship with a God who knows you, sees you, likes you, delights in you, wants to be with you. I remember for me, in all honesty, I had been in ministry for 10 years before I started to experience it myself. We can know it up here, but it's so much different to experience it. A relationship. That's what's actually made the last couple days so insanely hard. In losing our, my, my father-in-law, I mean, it's all of those presence moments. And we saw it just as, as we sat around all night, by his bedside, waiting. What got us through was, was the presence of loved ones. The relational intimacy. Sure, we can send thoughts and prayers, but when you're there, when you're present, it's different. And even though Jeff wasn't, wasn't really present, it was still something to have him there. Until he wasn't anymore. Until so he went home. He's healed, and he's home, and it's happy, but it's so sad for us. Why? Because the relational presence is no longer there. That's what we long for. We long for that intimacy, for another hug, another conversation, just to look in somebody's eyes one more time, to do the things that we always did. Take a walk, smoke a cigar, have a beer, say I love you. Those are the things that we miss out on when we treat God like an idea a belief system, a duty. Jesus says, no. I want you to live in dependence on me to meet that need for personal relationship in you. Because there is nothing like the love of a father for their kid. You know, just just after Jeff passed, it was... One of the hardest things was to see his mom and his dad come and to kiss him and say, I love you, my precious baby son. It just reminded me, that tenderness, that moment, there's nothing like the love of a father for a son. And that is how God feels about you. It's how God feels about me, even though, let me tell you, Jeff wasn't perfect. I'm not holy. None of us are. We do stuff, and it doesn't ever change it. And Jesus is saying, I want to invite you into a relationship like that. That's how I want you to relate to me, like a father. And that entire, this entire prayer, really and truly, if we wanted to boil it down to one word, dependence. Is relating to God as Father. Jesus did this. He lived as a son. John 10, verse 30 says, and this is Jesus talking. He says, I and the Father are one. We talk about this uh, even in, in marriage when two people enter into a relationship so close that they actually become as one. Jesus says, That's that's me and God's relationship. That's the relationship I have with my dad. My Father, we're one, we're close. He loves me, I love him. We relate with one another. And that place of sonship is actually the foundation of Jesus' entire life. In any, in every moment, he models what it looks like to live as a son. So many of us grew up trying to earn something trying to prove something to either our parents or or our friends as we got older or the world, our coworkers. We had something missing, this hole that says you're not worth it. You're not enough. You're behind in your life. Nobody cares about you. And when we go back to this and, and find our core identity as a son or daughter of a father who loves us and live out of that place, of total dependency and union with our Father, we find this vibrant and intimate and abundant life will flow through us. I just want to take a moment to say, here's what this looks like. When you pray this Lord's Prayer, I want to invite you to pause after this and say, Father, what do you want to be to me today? What do you want to say to me? Maybe it's, Father, what do you want to say to encourage me? Father, what do you want to say about your love for me? Father, what, what do you want me to know about you? Just pause and listen. Because you have a dad who loves you, who is for you, who wants to be the thing your soul desires most, needs most. And as we go to him, we find that fulfilled any a personal relationship with him. Second thing is that we have this need for purpose. Matthew 6.10, Jesus goes on to pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Most of us wake up in the morning and we've we've got full schedules. We fill our lives and our days with activity. But the thing about activity is that activity alone does not move the kingdom forward. Some of us have even bought into this lie that if we do good things instead of bad things, that would move the kingdom forward. That would bring fulfillment. That'll bring joy. That'll make someone or God himself love me and it'll fulfill this whole, if I could just Fill my day with more Bible reading. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do better. I'm going to be better. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do nice things and I'm going to be a good person. But activity alone does not move the kingdom forward. No, we'll still find ourselves spinning our wheels, trying harder and not getting anywhere. Obedience moves the kingdom forward. We want plans. We want busy. We want schedule. We want to know what's going to happen. We want our planner and our goals. But Sometimes, when we feel like we're spinning our wheels, even though we're busy, we're not going anywhere. Sometimes, when we're not experiencing the life of God, the problem is that we aren't aligning ourselves with His purposes. If you're looking for breakthrough if you're looking for joy, if you're looking for fulfillment in your life, shift your focus from God's kingdom come to me. Those are usually our prayers. Like, God, we want more of your kingdom to come to me. want more of your blessing to come to me. I want your healing, God, come to me. But what if we shifted our perspective? What if we shifted our prayers not to, God, your kingdom come to me, but God, would your kingdom come through me? John 15, 19, Jesus says, whatever the Father is doing, the Son also does. Jesus, though he was perfect, he did not sin, he also did not wake up and do whatever he felt like doing. Whatever his disciples wanted him to do. Whatever the crowds were screaming at him to do. And believe me, we've got mobs of every kind right now screaming at us to do all kinds of different things. You know what? You can't please them all. Even Jesus sometimes, his mother, mom, came to him and said, Oh, hey Jesus, it's time to come home. They said, no, no, no. I do what I see the Father doing. I align myself with his purposes. And Jesus invites us to advance his kingdom as faithful participants. If you want to gain traction in your life, if you want breakthrough, the only way to gain traction is through action. But it's not enough for us to just say, you know what feels like a good thing? You know what what I want to do? I just want to crash. I just want to rest. I just want to go after this. I think it would feel good. I just need to. No, we have all kinds of ideas. we got all kinds of plans. But do we do the things that the, the Father is inviting us to do? Do we pray this word, your kingdom come, your will be done, God, I've got plans, but yours are better. Yours are greater. I say yes to them because I want to participate in your kingdom. I need purpose and I can't muster it up on my own. I love what Jimmy Seibert says in his book, Passion and Purpose. He says, God calls us to obey and respond to the next step before us. And when we do, he will shape, lead, and guide our lives. Our job is to trust him, believe him. I didn't even say, notice, I didn't say believe in him. Our job is to trust him, to believe him, and say yes to the next thing that he's telling us to do. And when we do that, we will be able to look back and see his glory displayed in our lives. I want the posture of my life to be, yes, God, Whatever the next thing is, whatever the next step is, I may not even see the end. I may have had a different plan, a different direction, but I want to say, Jesus, yes, whatever step is next, I want to take that one. And so what if when we prayed this Lord's Prayer of dependence, we said, God, what do you want me to do today? We find our our need for purpose fulfilled But so many of us, instead of trust and prayer and faithful obedience, we often turn to worry. We go to worry. Worry about our plans. Worry about provision. Worry is actually us thinking that the God who created the universe in the matter of days needs to be micromanaged in day-to-day matters. We need to call his attention to what's really going on. We need to call his attention to what we really need. We need to tell him what to do and what we need to do because we, in 38 years, know what's best. We know what we really need. My kids tend to think that too. But we have this other need. We have a need for provision. And when we pray this Lord's Prayer of dependence, we're actually saying, God, everything that I need, I find in you. Would you provide it? Matthew 6, 11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. And I love that word, even though I hate it. Our daily bread. You know what that means to me? Is that I have to keep on going back every single day. It's a choice. Sometimes it is hard work. But we look at even these stories, like Jesus feeding the 5,000 in the Bible. And I, I always thought, you know, like Jesus just prayed and then like everybody opened their eyes and there it was. Like there was just enough food for everybody and they were like, hallelujah, Jesus is amazing. You know what I think actually happened? Jesus is, and this is just my thought. Jesus prays and he's thanking God and everybody opens their eyes and he's still standing there with the same stupid two loaves of bread. And he says, all right, guys, I want you to go out and, and move my kingdom cor- forward. Feed these people. And if, if, if I were standing there, I know what I would say. I would say, Jesus, you're crazy. It's not enough. Don't you care? Don't you care about your glory, your name? Do you care about the fact that people are hungry? Don't you want people in your kingdom? Wouldn't it be cool if you just multiplied this food right now? We know what to do, Jesus. And he just gives us enough. For one person, he says, go and feed my sheep. Go and do it. I'm giving you enough for today. And then as we're faithful, we go, all right, God, but I'm telling you, I could just see them, right? They, they take it and go, but Jesus, I'm telling you, this is not enough. You're crazy, man. Here it is. You know, that's, I don't know what, I, what you guys are going to do because that's not enough. Jesus, I... and then we go back to him and there's more. And then we go and uh, that was, here we here go. We go back to him again and there's more again. And I could just see the disciples, like our faith starts getting built when we just keep on going back to him and say, all right, God, a little bit more. I just need it for today. And then tomorrow gets a little easier. And next year gets a little bit easier because we learn that he was faithful. The same Jesus that was faithful then to provide every single one of our needs we know now is going to be faithful because we've seen him do it every single day. But we order so much of our lives around it, not experiencing need, We don't want to have to depend on Jesus. We don't want to be in an uncomfortable situation. We don't want to have need. And so we never see God fulfill it. Give us this day our daily bread. We have a Father that fulfills our need for provision. And when we worship, that's that's what this is. It is worship. When we recognize that everything that we have comes from the hand of God. That, that, that old hymn that we sing sometimes, All that I, 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 all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness. We switch it and we want to say, all, I, all that I've needed, my hand has provided. No. It all comes from Jesus and we recognize that. Just like in, in, the, in the, the movie Moana where Mo, Maui He's a demigod, right? And he shows up on the scene. He's like, you're welcome. This worship is recognizing that what we have comes from God. That's what worship is, is gratitude. When we worship, we replace, we replace God on the throne. We say, no, it's actually you. You're the provider. You're the one that's powerful. You're the one that's in control. And we replace him on the throne over every single other God, over every other thing that we think that we need. My kids, right? They need so much. They're needy. It's always, oh, I need breakfast. And you know what they do, though? Here's the beauty of it. Jesus said that our faith should be like little kids, and here's one of the reasons why. They know that they need it. They know they're ultimately dependent. And so they ask. They ask. They ask for what they need. They share with their daddy who they know loves them and cares for them and is able to provide for their needs exactly what they need, and beyond that, what they want, even though they just had what they need five minutes ago. Kids live with this abiding expectation, though, of goodness. Sometimes it gets out of control and we actually call it selfishness. They have an expectation, though, of goodness. They have a profound sense of well-being, of being provided for, protected, fed. They depend on their parent to meet their every need. That is why, especially in tax season, we call them dependents because they live in dependence. Our role is to celebrate that. God is the one that's helped us. God is the one that has provided. Believe me, these last few days, these last few months, this last year together as a church has not always been so far so good. There have been good moments. But let me tell you what it has been. So far so God. God has been in every step. God has been in every day, every decision. And he has been the one that is doing the work, providing exactly what we need. He's been faithful then. And he's going to continue to be faithful in year two and three, five and ten, God willing, until Jesus returns. So when we pray this prayer of dependence, I want to invite us to ask, what can I thank God for today? When we say, give us this day our daily bread, first let's do what Jesus did and thank God for it. And then say, what do I need from you today? It's okay to say, God, I need need this today. Not general things, like God, this is what I need from you today. I need a sign, I need your love, I need you to remind me I need $5. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is. but We can go to him and we can talk about the things that we actually need. Independence on him. Finally, we have this need for power. And that sounds funny at first, but hear, hear me out on this. Matthew 6, Jesus says, Forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So many of us live lives on a day-to-day basis, powerless over things, forces, feelings, addictions in our lives. Coming from that place where, where we've had lies, we've had wounds, we've had trauma in our past, we're looking, we're searching for that place that only God can fill, and we do it in all these different ways that we end up powerless over. We can't stop worrying. We can't stop drinking. We can't stop spending. We can't stop gambling. Whatever the thing is, we can't stop shopping. We can't stop looking. Whatever the thing is that we feel like is doing something in us, actually, we start to be pretty powerless over. We start to be a slave to. Even the feelings, some of us, there's these thoughts and these feelings, and we get depressed and we get anxious. Some of us feel bitter and resentful and angry. We read the news or someone's hurt us, and we just feel powerless over the way that we feel when they walk into the room because we can't think about forgiving them. We search for life in all these other places, but we do it powerless. As true slaves to sin. The Bible actually tells us everyone who sins is a slave to sin. You think you're going to control it, but it ends up controlling you, and it sucks the life out of you. What you thought was going to give you fulfillment and joy and life ends up leading, in the end, to death. You're powerless to stop it, even when you start seeing it. John 17, verse 3 says this, This is life. You think that life is found in so many other people, in so many other things or places. This is life that you might know the Father. You want to live life? Know the Father. Follow Him. Trust Him. Depend on Him. Go to Him every single day. The human soul is always searching for the Father. From the beginning of time, in the Garden of Eden, in the book of Genesis, when Adam walked with God on a daily basis. God shows up in the evening and after he had sinned, he hid in shame and the world is unraveling. And God says, where are you? Because now Adam was lost and he was out of touch with where he was or maybe better said, who he was. We get these wounds and with every wound comes a lie and with every lie in agreement, with every agreement, a vow. And I've seen this Play out in my family. My father-in-law, even, is not a perfect man. He was a good man, but he's not perfect. He made mistakes, but you know what I've seen? That couldn't keep him from the love of the father for him. It couldn't even keep him from being used, from, from God's kingdom coming through him. Not even just to me and to Gwen, but to so many other people around us and through us, even. He knew grace. He knew to run to God in it. Because my willingness to accept my own imperfection directly affects my ability to receive Jesus' perfection. We can't do it on our own. We can't fix it. We can't be good enough. We can't try harder or be better. We need power. So in this prayer of dependence, we go to God and we say, God, search me, try me, know my heart. Find whatever it is that's in me. If I need to forgive, God, would you give me what I need to do it? If I have addiction in me, God, would you set me free because I'm powerless? Father, when I walk into that situation where I know I'm gonna be tempted, God, would you give me your supernatural power? I'm depending on you to walk away, to look the other way. And in doing so, we ask, God, where do I need your power today? As the band comes up, there's one thing that I would love to do. I want to revisit this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, this prayer of dependence. And after each line, I just want to pause and invite you to, to listen to the Father. Speak words of life. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father, what do you want to be to us today? What do you want to say? Father, are there words that you want to encourage your kids with? Father, what do you want to say about your love for each one of us? Father, what do you want us to know about who you are? Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, would you speak to us about what you have for us to do today? Would you give us this day our daily bread? Thank you for everything that you give. All that we need, your hand provides. Father, we give you every one of our needs today, knowing that you and you alone can meet them. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Father, we're we're powerless without you. We're slaves to our own desires that lead to death. Holy Spirit, would you come and give us power
0: to live
4: free, to follow you, to bring your kingdom to love. In Jesus' name, amen.